T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one. Zero, all engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast, the PGP, the show about the show, the show within the show. You can always download this on the normal DA Show podcast feed, but you can also check it out on its own podcast feed, the Permission Granted podcast feed. Either way, listen to us on demand when you want, where you want. Find us, subscribe, rate, and review. That helps other people find us as well, and we appreciate it very much. Today was an interesting day aboard the mothership because of the Trash Tuesday Mraz took aim at Pete the Body Bilotti after Pete the Body took aim at Mraz's grammar. And it ended up that Mraz got into a tiff, a fight with Pete the Body on air. And we found out later it was Pete's birthday, his 36th birthday today. And so we only got this towards the end of the show. Mraz, how are you feeling today <laughs> after learning that information? I had felt so great such on a high that i gave it back to pete because i felt like i was so out of place for pete to take me down for a grammar and all of a sudden during one of the breaks i get a little alert like you would if you have like social media on your phone and it was a a facebook alert hey help celebrate pete bilotti's birthday today (laughs) and i looked down at that little notification and i said you got to be freaking kidding me of all the days first of all because i'm sure in the back somewhere pete was probably expecting us to remember it was his birthday and i did not i did no such thing yep and on top of not remembering i verbally crushed this guy after crushing me on all days and i am a big believer in this you can say what you want to say about celebrating birthdays and getting told to celebrate them a day you really should be nice to people if you're not nice to them every day is on their birthday and instead, I called him a lazy ass when he woke up, got in there, and on his birthday is sitting there miserably doing the show for us. So I'm sorry, and I feel terrible. So do we give Pete props for not telling us it's his birthday? So this is actually a weird thing about this. Do you give him props for not telling him it's his birthday, but for not telling everybody it's his birthday, but at the same time, making us I, I don't know do we feel bad because he doesn't tell us that we should just be knowing the people that we work close to us birthday to begin with 
You know what I mean? Like, I understand that he's not looking for bows and running around saying, hey, guys, it's my birthday. So that is deserves props. But at the same time, then, in the back of his head, is he upset that we didn't remember? And as long as he's not upset that we didn't remember, then I think he deserves props. But if he's not going to tell us, then I don't think in the back of Pete's mind he could go home disgruntled that we didn't remember it was his birthday. And I'm not saying he is, but I just would need to know that part of it before giving him props. I rarely, if ever, tell you guys when it's my birthday because I don't really believe in making it a big deal after the age of, like, 21. So I like throwing parties. I like, you know, having people get together. But I don't necessarily need, like, the Facebook or Instagram or Twitter type of attention. I just like it as an excuse to get people together. And if it's your birthday, people tend to have to come together for you. And I just like throwing parties and getting people together. So that's why I, I kind of use it as leverage to to throw parties. But I don't really tell you guys either, and I don't feel bad if you guys know it or don't know it. Like, if we go through the entire show and nobody mentioned it, I really don't feel bad. So would you? Uh, no, I would not. I would not. I only, The only time I really feel bad is if I don't tell anybody it's my birthday, then you guys find out it's my birthday, and then bring in somebody we don't talk about and <laughs> eat my favorite cake on my birthday, even though you would never have brought the cake in if it was my birthday. So, no, I don't feel bad. I just feel bad when I'm taunted on my birthday, which if I'm going to feel bad if I'm taunted on my birthday, I got to be careful when I'm taunting others on their birthday. You called Pete a lazy ass twice on his birthday. You know, I, I there needs to be a stack correction there. In cutting the epic fail, I called him lazy actually three times, but there was only one lazy ass I heard when cutting up the fail. So I think the lazy ass was so emphasized and the other lazies came out that I think when you heard the lazy ass, you thought it was a two-time lazy ass offender. I think it was only one lazy ass, but actually three lazies, including the lazy ass. There were definitely multiple lazy accusations. There definitely was, but the lazy ass hit hard. Maybe it was harsh words, and you made the point that calling somebody lazy is not a big deal, but it's lazy ass so emphatically that becomes said big deal. So I I guess maybe I'd like to have that one back, but I will still say, in all the feeling bad or anything, I was in my right in the takedown in defense because I felt it was out of line for Pete specifically to be calling me out on grammar in that instance when I was kind of in a muffled mess making grammar mistakes because I was worried about him and his consciousness on the topic list. Now, I have to say, the single meanest thing that you could say to Pete is probably to call him lazy. Right. I agree because, the especially during this pandemic where he has been the one representing us at the studio, so that would feel like if he's waking up and getting into the studio every day while we, you know, walk to wherever we got to walk to in our house for our home studios, the one thing that should be off limits is calling that guy who's going into the studio lazy. I so why would you do that? that? Well, here's the truth. If we really want to get into this, uh-huh. oh boy, how do I make this careful without digging myself a bigger hole? Okay, so I guess the point would be because Pete does this and because Pete does a lot of things that aren't lazy, when he does something that does represent laziness, does that mean we can't call that out, right? Because I also feel like there are plenty of times where I'm not lazy, but I have an overall stigma of being lazy. Mm. So which is it? Is it you do one lazy thing or a couple lazy things and you have the stigma of being lazy forever? Or you do enough stuff that isn't lazy, so when you are lazy, it's off limits on calling somebody lazy. And I think there's not a defined line there when it comes to this show specifically and hypocrisies in calling me lazy. How so? Well, 
look, there are definitely things I've done that are lazy. And you guys have called me lazy. But I've definitely had pl- more moments than not are actually not lazy. They are not. Um, I mean, if we want to talk about going into the studio, the morning that all systems were down and I got up there, I went in and I had to turn around and go home with I had the fever. I would say that was not a lazy moment, but I would still have the theme of being lazy. So if Pete for several times didn't take the time, what takes three minutes to read an email I send and then starts complaining that I need to put things at the top so he doesn't have to spend the three minutes reading all emails, I would consider that lazy. So if I call him lazy for doing that, that's off limits because in reality, him going to the studio every day would show non-lazy qualities. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, okay. Uh, How well, many moments do you need to have in life? Like, you can have a lazy moment without being a lazy person or do lazy things without overall being well, a lazy true. person. Well, that's true. We can all have lazy moments. It's just that your reputation is as right. a lazy guy and Pete's is not. And Pete really prides himself on doing hard work whether sure. you feel like he over you know overestimates his own work ethic no matter what yes he really takes pride you really don't and so calling him lazy is like the worst thing you could call him you i think you know the meanest things to say to pete i think you call <laughs> calling him lazy or fat or or you don't call him fat but you'll say you're just as out of shape as i am or something yes. like that or you're fatter than i am and Overly sensitive. Those are the three things that I think Pete probably hates the most coming out of you, and you routinely go there, and none of us do that. I agree. I think what I hate most and what gets me fired up and why I'll say trigger words like that to Pete, like lazy or you know overweight or whatever, I hate hypocrisy. I'm such a crap producer. You know that? So I guess what I mean, like, when, <laughs> oh, when Pete— really? I do, and I do, and I know I catch myself. I think everybody has a little hypocrisy in them, whether they— you know, want to own it or not. And I know I do. So when Pete jumps in on the make fun of me being overweight thing, I'm so damn fat, 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 fat. I had a mac and cheese, a truffolini, a, a chicken with cherry pepper and fresh mozzarella pie. And then I had an enormous cookie uh, with Dunkaroo dipping sauce melted inside of it. Uh, and this followed the mozzarella sticks and big cold cut sandwich. Hefty. You're a fatty like me. Morass is fat. You know, I kind of get that. Well, look in the mirror, pal. Why are you off limits? But I'm the one getting picked on, and that bothers me. So that's why I have no problem fighting back. And then when Pete goes out on a Trash Tuesday, which if your Trash Tuesday DA was to crush me for grammar when you never really have grammar problems, I got to eat that and own that and understand that you're coming from a high place. But when Pete comes at me for Trash Tuesday about a grammar problem he had a problem with, but the hypocrisy is I'm overwording something to try to make it as clear as possible to protect him and something where he's done in the past on laziness. That's where I have a hypocrisy problem with it. Okay, you're calling me on something, but you know the reason that I'm getting wordy up there is because of what you've complained about in the past, which really should not have been a complaint. So I guess the trigger words and where I got mad beat comes from a place of I feel he's being hypocritical, where I think you hold different people to different standards and what they complain about. Well, when you wrote the email, you did say this morning that you worried exactly when you sent it that you were going to upset Pete. Yes, but not upset Pete about grammar. I worried originally that Pete was going to get upset that I didn't reclip a clip in there, which ended up being the Shandy that we played on the show. 
or that I would have just put it at the bottom and not worded it on the top. And look, I mean, I know this is very insidey, and I think behind the scenes is why the PGP is good. I think there are many listeners out there who don't understand. You could probably take the last seven pre-show emails that I've sent with topics for the show, and I bet you five of them have some kind of stars at the top that I am now doing for Pete to let him know, hey, make sure you read something at the bottom so we get this audio in, and that's to protect him because in the past, he has complained that he doesn't read the whole email as if that's a me problem. So... When I do that and I get a little extra wordy and make some grammatical errors because I'm scrambling to make sure that he's okay there and doesn't get burned, and then he shreds me on the air for the grammatical errors I clearly made in a flustered, overthinking mess to help him out, I find that to be a little hypocritical. I do. I'm sorry. So Pete intimidates you into turning into a, a blubbering mess when you send topic I, lists. I absolutely, I am telling you. Now picture, you know, little old me. I've had my dessert at three in the afternoon. Now it's nighttime. I've had my dinner. I have okay. a child running around. I sit down, focus, say, okay, let's look at the stories of the day that have happened since we were off the air that we want to tackle tomorrow. And I'm sitting there typing it up. And now in the back of my head as I'm gathering what we need for audio and remembering what we need for the show, I'm writing things at the top of an email that don't necessarily always have to be at the top, but I have to put them there because Pete now has gotten in the back of my head. I don't read the whole email. And then... When I finish the email, and I go back, and I, I'm still thinking about Pete. What is Pete going to be angry about? What is Pete going to be angry about? Okay, let me add some more words to this and clip the thing here. The fact that he's in my head, and I'm worried about his feelings, and then I make a mistake because I'm worried about his feelings, and then he kills me for that mistake when the only reason I made it was because of my overthinking for his feelings. I'm sorry. I'm going to be annoyed, and I'm going to go after him. And if I call him lazy, he's going to have to deal with that. But has Pete ever said he doesn't read the emails? Well, I don't know if he's still listening here, but what he has said to me is there has definitely been one or two occasions during this year in the pandemic where we've kind of remodified the DA system and the chain of command of how we do things, where I have had something listed seven stories down on a topic list, eight stories down, and it'll be the little headline of what it is, and then we usually jot down, for those of you trying to picture, we usually clip a story, little and bold what the main story is, and I usually have a sentence or two on thoughts on the story or a way to tackle it. And I will put in the little thoughts part, hey, Pete, there's good audio here if you click the link of the story. And you've put that story in there. And we've gone on the assumption that Pete has read the email, read the story, and he has the audio ready. Then we go to do it, and Pete will get my ear and go, what, what audio is DA talking about here? He'll tell me down the line. And then he'll make it my problem that I didn't make it more known that the audio was there. When I said, Pete, it's right there in writing if you read the email. Which, to me, I don't think I should have to make something more well-known. It's not as if I've typed a 70-word uh, book here. We know I couldn't do that anyway. So for Pete to get mad at me, that when he, that clearly shows that it's happened now a couple times. And his thought was, hey, next time you have audio, please put it at the top. So I started to do that. And now I then I worried yesterday when I put it at the top that, oh, I better clip this because Pete's going to either have deleted the email or get mad that I didn't just re-include it even though DA had sent it, yada, yada, yada. The point again here is, yeah, Pete is basically, that's admitting that he's not reading the whole email, and now I have to worry about that as I'm doing it as well, and then when I make a mistake because I'm doing that to cover for him, he's going to shred me for it? That's out of line. Hey, DA, I'm, I'm here. Okay, uh, I'll here give go. you a real clarification on this okay. uh, that you would want. Uh, I read the email every night, and I come in to do the audio. I have asked Sean to put the audio that we want to feature in the show on the top of the email so I can just grab it quickly. Okay. So, yeah. So that's what I was kind of saying. Like, I don't 
I don't think Pete doesn't read our emails, Mraz. That, that might have happened once where, like, something was at the end of it and he didn't catch it. But I don't think he just actively doesn't read the emails, right, Pete? I mean, you read the topic email. Yeah, I like to kind of know what we're doing. Well, hold on, though. But then why would why would you need it at the time? You're acting as if you it's going to take you an extra 10 minutes to scroll the email to see the story for the audio. Because when I'm preparing in the morning, I want to be able to grab it pretty quickly off the top of the email train. But if you've read the email the night before, then you just have an idea of where it is, wouldn't you? I would have an idea where it is, but it's easier when I'm preparing in the morning. That's why I asked for that. But okay, but now just because you're putting cards on the table and you've jumped on here, have you or have you not in the past told me what e- what audio is DA talking about here and you were unaware because you didn't complete reading the email? Well, it's tell me that buried never happened? in the email sometimes, and I, I'll miss, I, I could miss something here or there. And this is a way to make sure that we got everything. Because there's there's been a couple of times where I'll look at something and and I'll miss that there's audio there and and then I'll catch myself. Okay. So that's missing it, which would mean you either didn't read it or didn't think about I re- it when you read it. You if you want to make it seem like I don't prepare for the show or don't read oh, the email not, that's, not that's, that's beyond like. what that is not true at all. Okay. I mean, to me that you're admitting to there are times maybe where you just I don't want to say the word lazy again. You breeze through the email and you realize that I missed it. And now I am going out of my way to make sure I'm taking care of you, right? You've asked me to do something. I'm taking care of you doing that. So if I'm taking care of you doing that and then I make a grammatical error, I don't think I should be shredded on errors I've made. Enough. I really don't want to go into this anymore. All I want to know, all all I want you to do now is just do it in the, put it in the email because you make it out to be like I'm asking you to to commit a crime. You know what? Put it in your email. I'll find it. Uh, and I'll 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 find it that way. I'm just I was just asking for one little favor. That was it to help the show. Okay. Well, don't make me feel worse. I will... You you do it to yourself. No, I don't. You do it to yourself all the time. I think you understand. You could add better things to trace than my grammatical error that I made while doing. Read that sentence to your somebody that's not on our show. Tell but, me what that means. But but again, somebody on our show wouldn't need to read that sentence. Doesn't understand what you're asking me there. All right. Pete, again, I made the error. That error would not have existed if I didn't take an extra step to help you. Now, it doesn't mean when I, I need bring to it up in mistake. a lighthearted segment, your error, you go uh-huh. and trash me for being lazy. That makes total sense. Now, I've said you're not a lazy employee, but there is there was a lazy moment that led to me doing that. I've had enough of this. Da, take it away. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> we we attempted to. <clears throat> Have you make things better and you've made things infinitely worse here, Mraz. Oh, now no. you want you felt guilty about it being Pete's birthday and oh, <laughs> got no. him all riled up again. Oh no. <laughs> it's not right. You oh. you didn't know it was his birthday earlier. Okay, you get a pass. Now you knew it was his birthday and you felt guilty no. and you've doubled down and made him even more angry. We ended up the show laughing at your diet. And now no. you got them all. Me and Pete were having a good old-fashioned jolly chuckling time during commercial break to end the show. And now you've ruined it. But again, again, you're having a chuckle at the idea that I'm a fat slob and I'm trying to come up with dietary means. And number two, all I was doing, they was trying to explain in the nicest way possible what led us down the road. And what really gets buried is, you know what's lazy? Me not double checking my grammar. I was lazy too. See, I can admit when I'm having lazy moments. Why is it that I can always admit the, the, the deficiencies and nobody else can admit deficiencies? 
Well, when we were laughing at your dietary stuff, it was because your rationale was so ridiculous. And oh, we got into the bit on. of you ordering like monster chocolate lava cakes for appetizers because you felt as long as you eat it before dinner, the calories don't count. So that was inherently really funny, but it wasn't. It feels like you just kept hammering Pete for the same thing. No, I was just and trying you try to, to corner him into admitting something. Because I believe... Maybe I need to do a better job of explaining stuff this year. But my guess is anybody listening to this PGP right now, wherever you got it, downloaded the radio.com app, everything. In in your head, you probably would have heard me bumble through something and say, of course, Pete's to the right here. So I'm trying to explain and put somebody in my perspective to understand why I was annoyed. And instead, all I've done is further annoy Pete. So I, am I never allowed to try to explain things? Like, I mean, come on. We're in real time here taping a podcast. No, I mean, I, I think you are. I think, well, number one, today's probably a bad day to do it, considering you've, you've already called him a lazy ass and had to kind of apologize and walk that back, and you found out it's his birthday. So, like, yeah. is today the day to double down and keep peppering no. him with this stuff? <laughs> no, but you, you know, the puppeteer over there, could have also said, you know, it's Pete's birthday, we're going to lay off the Pete stuff, but you knew. No, you no, know, I said. No, you knew, though. No, you knew the river you were going to walk me down into. You knew what I you was doing. saying you felt guilty, and I thought it was going to be kind of a, you know what, I, you know, I want to oh, apologize. Stop it. Stop it. I'm going to apologize? I apologize. Yes, I shouldn't have done that on his birthday, and I should understand where I was lazy as well, but I was trying to explain where I was coming from. I think I have the right to explain where I was coming from without people being upset. No, you do have a right to explain yourself. Everybody should have the forum to explain themselves, but I don't know. You just know that it's going to make Pete upset, so on his birthday, do you really have to keep just badgering him over it? Probably not. If I could have a day back or some rants back, <laughs> no. it would probably be this. Let me, okay, let's pivot so we get off of this. I was just going to say, is there any doubt I'm going to get cursed out before he blows out the candles tonight, too? <laughs> oh What's he going to wish for? Me not to be on the show tomorrow. Let me ask you. You explained your rationale behind ordering dessert early in the day or... <laughs> Eating whatever you want dessert-wise, as long as it's not for dessert, you feel okay about that as a dietary decision. That if you wanted to eat your cookies or vanilla milkshake or your pie, as long as you have it earlier in the day than dessert, just not at the end of the night, that you're okay. Now, <laughs> I, how, how, before you ask the question, I feel like I didn't really explain that either, and people are going to take that the wrong way. All right, then I'll let you explain. All How right. would you like to explain that? I am well aware that dessert, no matter what time of day, is an unhealthy habit to have. That is the, the basis in which we are working with. Okay. However, I also understand me, my body makeup, my weak mental state when it comes to food. And I know asking myself to completely, for however many months, years, days, whatever it is, to eliminate never having a dessert again and cutting down sweets is going to be near impossible. So the logic I have had with myself in the mirror is this. Cut back sweets. You don't need them every day. You don't need that. But when you really, really, really have a hankering, like an itch that you need to scratch, 
Don't do it before you go to bed after dinner. Have it earlier in the day to at least give yourself a fighting chance to burn some of those calories as the day goes on so you don't sit there stuck to your rib cage, fat as you sleep because it does say in the basically the diet basic handbook what you eat earlier in the day is more of a chance of being burned off than what you eat later in the day. All right. So, yeah. Earlier you eat it, more time during the day to burn it off just by doing normal stuff, specifically exercise if you do any exercise. Uh-huh. But, but how does – so <laughs> you had brought up the milkshake argument that you ate a, you drank a milkshake with your dinner, right? Well, it was with lunch. Oh. And, and it served as the beverage with my lunch. And again, that's on these food places. If they're going to offer shakes as a beverage to go with a meal as opposed to, you know, a, a water or an iced tea, that's on me. I'm going to treat it like a beverage. <laughs> so it's definitely not on you to just not order it. If it's going to be part of the beverage menu, you're going to order it. Right. And I think it makes more sense to have that at lunchtime than it does at dinner time. How does Danielle feel about this, this decision? Well, I think she knows that I need serious mental help when it comes to my relationship with food. And I think that she understands there are going to be times where even her, too, as an enabler, uh, will want to have a burger, fries, and shake. Yesterday was a little different. We took, okay, fine, we'll do this now. But that doesn't mean Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you go and you have ice cream again. Like, that's it. That's my ice cream quota for the week. Doesn't matter that I had it earlier in the day. Doesn't mean you stuffed your face with 15 Oreos the rest of the day. Okay, you were in the mood for your shake. Now you need to build your resistance, build back up that defense, and go don't be weak again the rest of the week. <laughs> See the, the mental warfare that's going through my head here? But now you just call Danielle an enabler. Well, I, I mean, D.A., I, I would say that there has to be a touch of enabling if on a Monday to start the week, she picks the place we're having lunch and taking our daughter to lunch, and basically it's highlighted by milkshakes and burgers. Now, her argument to that would be you having fat problems shouldn't stop us from we never really have family time during the week, and, you know, it was cold out. What else were we going to do? We are going to go out to a nice little lunch. She wouldn't look at that as enabling. She would look at that as we're spending family time. I also could have got the salad while she ordered whatever she wanted. But she knows I'm too mentally weak to do that. So, yes, I will call her an enabler. <laughs> it's a lot going on back here. Oh, man. I'd say. <laughs> yes. And I'm trying hard. And every time I do this, I keep saying to myself, are you being Peter Schwartz? And I mentioned that earlier in the show on Tuesday as well. And as you've noted, I went to Cheesecake Factory last week. I'm not doing any of this stuff on the weekends. It seems like I'm doing these on Mondays. And it's a very Schwartzian move. And, then, and that depresses me a little bit because I understand the hypocrisies there as well. Well, but you're not going out as much as Schwartz does. No, I'm not. I'm not. Once a week, if that. And honestly, it's just something to get the heck out of the house, too. You know? Yeah, and eating out once a day is not a bad thing, or once a week, rather, is not a bad right. thing. I mean, we need to support restaurants. We need to support small businesses. I think the, my issue here, and this is where I struggle with the family element. Boy, I feel like I'm on a therapy couch now every week of the PGP, <laughs> is I have gotten so accustomed in my life to, you know, when you go out, you go out Friday night. You go out Saturday night. 
maybe you do a breakfast Sunday instead of one of those dinners at night. But what's happened here the last couple of weeks is we had obviously a holiday where my wife was off and the week before. It becomes very difficult to take a one-year-old out to eat on a busy night where you're going to be waiting 30 minutes, 45 minutes for a table, especially when there's less tables available during a pandemic. So my wife is like, okay, if we're going to get out of the house, let's go on a Monday because that's the day nobody's out to eat. You can get right in there. It's not mm-hmm. a hassle with the child or anything. Where I look at it as, man, I really want to start the week clean because – my wife hasn't eaten or drank like a pig watching football a week, and I have. So now I'm I'm tripling that down with now this time she wants to go out for family time on a Monday, and now here I am stuck between a rock and a hard place eating bad food out to eat. So I think that's the balance that I'm trying to find. The Monday makes sense from a family standpoint, but I've already dug myself. I'm, you know, I'm behind in the count 0-2 after Saturday, Sunday, and here I come out Monday looking for a nice clean slate. Two weeks in a row, I've had bad food. <laughs> Found yourself down 0-2, and now you're just getting junk. Now, That's right, it. you just you only just seen junk over the plate. There's no fastballs. Foul anything off, I can here. Just foul it off. Foul it off. Where in the past Monday would be like my cleanest eating day, and now two weeks in a row, I've dug myself here with a shovel. Before I hand things over to side B with uh, with you, I think I'd like to know your elongated thoughts about me getting the U-Haul truck stuck in the woods <laughs> on Trash Tuesday. It is. It is so perfect. <laughs> It is so you – know, well, I guess the main basis before I even start, because I obviously being at your house and picturing and knowing how much this wooded area and for somebody who's from, you know, Long Island or the, you know, basically, you know, suburbs that aren't the wilderness like you're from, it's so crazy to picture that you could even be in that situation. But I really get a kick out of it, and I mean this truly, any moment where you actually are an idiot, like because I am the resident idiot on the show <laughs> – so you basically put yourself like you're my cousin Vinny sleeping out in the middle of the woods when really? the rain comes down. Such putting a idiot. U-Haul. You don't even own that car because nope. it's a U-Haul truck. Putting something that you rent out there, <laughs> having it sit there and not think, oh, this is probably a bad idea on wet mud. To me, any moment that you don't think something through and you run into a little bit of trouble and you have to push your way out of, I love it. I absolutely love it because I feel like it's a win for the idiots. And a win for the idiots is when a smart guy makes an idiotic move. So I love that. And I also just love that this is the best part about your father, who I adore. I get a kick out of any time I could see your father. I, I really have a blast with him. The idea that he's on speed dial was seemingly any tool for any scenario to get out of. Because when I was at your house... I guess it was earlier in the fall, and he was talking about whatever ATV he had given you. It's like your father is running a wilderness Home Depot. He just has anything on the <laughs> anything on the keep and anything ready to go. And the fact that you called him with it, think about this scenario for anybody listening. You called your father. Here's the pickle I'm in. I rented a U-Haul. It's stuck in the muddiness in the back of the wilderness of my house. And in two seconds, he could show up, and he has the chains, a Rav Four. And also, at his age, over you at 40, to be able to get behind the wheel and floor it, navigating trees like he's on a ski trip, is unbelievable. No matter the situation, he's basically wilderness Batman in upstate New York. He has anything <laughs> ready to go. And I think that is also my favorite part of the story. You know, And I know that the moment you said you called him, I, I, the moment what clicked in my head is he's going to have the right tool to figure this out. And I barely have uh, – the other day I had the plumber over, and he asked if I had channel locks. I don't even know what that is. But Larry Amendola's got chains. The, how many times is he pulling trucks out of the woods and taking things to his RAV4? And he had the exact tools and stuff ready to do that. It's an excellent question and a great observation because he goes, well, 
I guess this is finally going to come into use. I bought this on eBay and I finally had to use it. I guess it was worth a hundred bucks. Like he had just bought a chain on eBay to tow trucks and had no use for it. And unless I had a U-Haul stuck in the woods, he would have never used it. So he is like wilderness Batman in many ways. And my dad grew up in Brooklyn. So for him to have evolved into wilderness Batman is pretty hysterical because you know, he's a city kid. So it, I mean, and really, it was it was one of those moments where you look around and you're like, oh, my God, I'm the biggest dunce that ever lived. Why did I ever think this was going to work? And sometimes I think maybe it's me, maybe it's guys in general. You know, there's always these, like, studies, gender studies about how guys just kind of, like, have this un, uh, <laughs> unwarranted confidence that we just always think that we, we got it, we got it. Like, I just got in a U-Haul truck and figured, yeah, I'm going to drive it across the lawn. I'm going to drive it into the, the, the part of the, uh, the property that's a forest. And we're just going to put the wood in there. And they're going to turn around and you know, drive out. And that's just like it. And I didn't even think that through. Like, oh, my God, this is a 1,000-pound vehicle, 2,000 pounds or whatever. And I'm oh. placing it on muddy, slippery, snowy ground you know, this with trees all over the place and, like, you know, ditches. Like, that's the dumbest idea ever, Dame. And I just didn't think that. And so then I got myself there and I was like, well, I, I have to do this myself. Like I, I got to dig myself out of this freaking problem. I, this is not anybody else's problem. I got to do this. So I'm sitting back there and I'm just getting more and more frustrated that I keep making it worse and worse and worse and worse. And you know, when you just can't like step back and be like, you know what? I'm punting. You know, it's, it's right. so hard for me to just punt on something. It's like, no work on this till we get it right. And I just, Six different intervals should have punted and it would have been easier. But because I kept going, kept going, kept going, it got worse and worse and worse until the point where I was like, I physically don't know how to solve this. The only person I do is either a tow company or my dad. And I didn't want to have to rope my dad into this because like I'm a grown adult that owns a house and like I did this myself. But it was like, you know, dad, you need to come pick me up from detention. Like I did a bad thing, you know? So he comes over, and uh, two hours later, we were able to get it out, and I didn't trust myself behind the wheel of this truck. I was like, you know what? If it's going to smash into a tree, it better be him and not me that smashes into a tree. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you would have felt great about that. I just, you know, it was going five miles an hour, ten miles an hour, so nobody was going to get hurt, but I was just like, I don't trust my own decision-making here after this. It really rattled me. It's you know, it's like Mike Glennon throwing two first-quarter interceptions. I'm just like, "I, I don't got it today. I need some... Call in, call in Blake Bortles. I don't got it. And hearing that story, it's true because you and I are both, and Pete's going to learn about this soon too, are both relatively new homeowners. We bought houses around the same time, months apart and everything like that. And Daniel's stepfather is big with the tools. Like your your father is too clearly where they're just ready for any kind of scenario. And I, I have had this thought even before your Trash Tuesday. Am I ever going to be that man or that homeowner where – you know, my kid ever has a problem 20 years from now, am I going to be able to pick up the phone and know exactly what to do and have the exact right tools ready to handle the scenario? And mentioning that your dad came from Brooklyn, the fact that he's he's become that gives us hope. But I don't know that I will ever have that ability to be that helpful hand as some kind of father or man in that kind of spot like your father did. It's truly mind-numbing to know, I mean, I'm a year in. How much more do I have to learn as a homeowner before I'm the one who people can lean on and I can actually help people? Because I don't think I'm anywhere close to that. Yeah, the hope is that, you know, my dad's now owned a home for 40 years, so that it comes over time. I don't know about your father-in-law, but 
I also think there's a part that we'll never get there because I think our generation is just less handy. You know, we just, if you ask my dad to like download an app, oh, forget it. I mean, there's just no way he's going to figure out his phone ever. I mean, he just, (laughs) he can barely text correctly, but you know, does he, does he have all the right tools? Absolutely. Now the flip side is in 40 years, I would imagine you and I are much more deft at like technology and downloading things, understanding, you know, now of course our kids will have a different technology, but I just think that we're probably way savvier and in that realm, but way less good with just our hands and like doing those things. And some people in our, of our generation are very good at that. I'm not saying everybody, but I think generally speaking, you know, our parents came from a different generation where like there was three television channels and you had to fix your own car. (laughs) You know, you had to like, there was no YouTube learn how to unclog your toilet videos. You know, you had to go like right. undo pipes and figure this thing out and make sure you had the wrench and you didn't go to Home Depot and Lowe's and go into a 20,000 square foot, you know, superstore. You went into a hardware store down the street and you had to be like, uh, I need to fix my toilet and I don't really know how, you know, and you just have to like figure things out. And that's, I think that's a huge generational difference, not only between you and me and our parents, but right. what our kids will do. Like I speak to high schoolers or college kids and young people. And I'm like, the farther we get away from a certain point in time, the farther we get away from just decision-making and like problem solving. Yeah. And, and not to go too much further down this road, but I perfect. I'll tell you right now, uh, Friday DA, I, I had to have a new dishwasher delivered. And the dishwasher people said, we'll take it out, but you have to disconnect the old one. Disconnect the old one? I, I didn't know what I was looking at. <laughs> I pull it out. There's water pipes. I'm having my plumber friend on the phone. He's explaining that part of me. But when it came to the electric, DA, the electric wire went through the wall behind my kitchen cabinets. I am so stupid and so unsavvy. This is something Larry Mendel would probably know. That I thought the the old owners hid an outlet behind the wall and behind the cabinets. I was gonna have to start knocking down walls just to unplug it. As it turns out, the wire actually ran downstairs through them, is directly connected to my circuit breaker. I didn't even know that technology was possible. <laughs> I just assumed everything has a plug and it goes into an outlet. I almost caused about nine thousand dollars worth of damage to my house to unplug a dishwasher. And luckily, my buddy was like, "You idiot! This is hot wired into the circuit breaker." How does anybody know that? How do you learn that? Larry Amendo would know that, but that's the. <laughs> Generation, I had no idea. <laughs> it's a miracle we're still here, and it's a miracle our houses are still operational in some way. It's a miracle that I got that damn U-Haul van out of the mud and out of the woods and onto On a road and delivered it. Wilderness Batman. Wilderness Batman. I love that nickname. I'm going to call my dad that from now on. All right, that is side A. Here comes Bogues on side B. And welcome to Side B of the PGP. It is Mraz, host of Side B, executive producer of the DA Show, joined by the bogeyman, Andrew Bogish. Bogish, hello. Happy mid-January to you, young man. You know what? The same to you and yours, Sean. I really do mean that. Uh, you know, from DJ Tommy D to your parents, your sisters, the dog, everybody, happy mid-January. Happy mid-January. That's right. That is absolutely right. Now, one uh, bit of information that broke late on Tuesday's show was me trying to explain my dessert theory 
And as it turns out, me and DA just broke it down a little bit. I thought I was able to further explain it a little more, but it really got Andrew Bogish very much hot and bothered on the show. He had a lot of pushback. He couldn't believe. He was incensed. He was idiotic. I did want to get to a couple tweets and get your reaction to them on said debate, Bogish. Uh, first, Eric tweets in, listening to the last segment about Atmaraz CBS take on desserts and dieting only proves my point. What an idiot. Now, Eric has had it out for me because apparently he's a teacher, and he didn't like when I said that teachers complain more than any other profession. He's still been crushing me. Yeah. So my assumption is you agree with Eric. You thought I was an idiot? Well, I mean, it certainly was an idiotic idea, and it's just – we all have to know our lane. Like, you are not qualified to talk about any kind of form of dieting and how your body processes food and when you should eat it or when you should not eat it, and neither really am I – and there are certainly things like it's like me sitting here trying to tell somebody how to be an NBA star when I can't even knock down a shot uncontested in my backyard. So, like, the thing is, you can't go from I'm going to try to lose 100 pounds and gain weight instead to then telling me how you're going to, because you think it makes sense scientifically, lose weight by eating dessert before a meal in daylight. It makes no sense. Not even okay. a little bit. Well, we have two more tweets that came in, Bogus. Adam tweets okay. in, I'm with you on this cookie theory. While a cookie isn't healthy, eating one during the day, you will burn most of it away as opposed to burning nothing if you eat it before bed, which is science, Bogus. That is a correct theory. Now, it doesn't make it healthy, but it gives you a fighting chance to burn some of what you ate off if you do it earlier in the day. We need to change when we're eating dessert. You should. You, the only thing that you said that was correct in on Tuesday's show and this new diet of yours is that eating late in the day is bad for you. There's no doubt that eating after whatever the time might be, seven, eight o'clock, or you know, x amount of hours before bedtime, it's a bad decision. Almost no matter what you're eating, because it, you, you're right. Then your body goes into a different state and it doesn't doesn't um, it doesn't digest it correctly. Like that's real, but. A cookie does not become healthier for you because you ate it at 11 a.m. as opposed to 7.30 p.m. If you want to lose weight, you should absolutely just not eat a cookie. And if you eat a cookie at 11 a.m. and then do nothing all day long, yes, your body does burn calories as you go throughout the day. But the cookie is putting you too far ahead on the calories. If you have a 400-calorie cookie... And then you spend the rest of the day burning that off. Sure, you burnt it off, but you burnt off 400 calories that shouldn't have been there. So instead of again, it's all you know, it's it's numbers, right? You're supposed to have 2,000 yeah. calories a day, give or take. So you have to really effort to burn 2,000 calories in a day. So now all of a sudden, I'm throwing 400 unnecessary calories on top of that. No matter when I eat it, they shouldn't be there. Like, that's the bigger point. If you want to lose weight, don't have a cookie or cookies ever. Well, we got another tweet from Brent, who I think has a a background in science, might work somewhere in science. It says, this is scientific fact. If Mraz consumed the same amounts and kinds of foods he currently does, but stopped eating a few hours before bed, he will see results. So you see, people are building a case for me here, Bogus, and against your theories. So, so again, your point is you can eat whatever you want as long as you're done by 7 p.m.? 
No, I think that you can't eat dessert every day. There's no doubt about it. But when you do have to have your little sampling of a cookie, maybe a scoop of ice cream, maybe a piece of cheesecake, because inevitably the sweet mentality, if you're a sweet guy, eventually you can't just completely cut it out. There's going to be a day a week where you're going to want something like that. It is going to be better to eat it early than it will be after dinner one night. But the point is you shouldn't have the cheesecake at all. Like the cheesecake's the negative a cheesecake does to your body is not negated by the enough at least by the time that you eat it but it does help somewhat it does and nobody's saying that you should be eating this every day but if you have to have a piece once every two weeks it is science that will tell you it is better to eat it at noon than it is to eat it at 8 p.m i think that you're if whatever you're living on right now is and I don't know where how how you got the person that tweeted that as a scientist. Um, but well, he's like, tweeting about a, science. He must have some kind of science background. So right, I, I yeah right because he just he said it right, just like you right. said. You know what you're talking about here. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's a good listener mm. too. Uh, it should yeah. also be noted we have not agreed to any of this challenge, but our longtime listener Foxy, who I happen to know in real life, uh, really really has a hang. He's a real me. lifelong listener to you, right. not to us. He yeah. really wants you and DA to end up wearing donut costumes <laughs> in December if I've lost 50 pounds, which is so ridiculous. And he's really taken a run with this as if it's been agreed upon on the show by you and DA. But nonetheless, uh, Foxy popped over a little bit on uh, on Saturday as I was getting set to watch a little football. Now, I did not appreciate the timing in which he popped by. I had already had a little bit of a lunch and a, and a couple cold beverages. I believe we did this at about halftime of the Packers game. And he brought it out his camera, and he only made a trip out there. He left immediately after this, and from Manhattan, he wanted to come in, and he wanted to simply get me on a scale and weigh me so we could start the 50-pound loss to next December. He has tweeted this video and tagged me, you, DA, and Pete on it, and I came in weighing, and I last time, last time we checked, I was 253. I was 270 here. So I've gained a little weight, and he wants me down to 220. By the end of the year, so much so that he is meeting me at some uh, CrossFit kind of gym later on this afternoon where he wants me to learn some better habits of working out. Will you agree to wearing a donut costume should I shed from 270 to 220 by next December? Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm absolutely in on that because the big thing would be you losing 50 pounds. So, I mean, go for it. I'll, I'll, I'll wear a donut costume for multiple days if I get you to lose 50 pounds. Do you okay? Well, that's what he wanted you guys to wear for weeks. So you like the idea of this kind of challenge, and the reverse is if I don't lose the 50 pounds, I have to wear said donut costume for a week at the end of wherever Taylor's second birthday was. You know what? I want to, I would add on one additional thing to your loss if that is what ends up happening here. If you lose, if you don't get the 50 pounds, I want you to, to going back to our original point here, I want you to retire from being a dietitian. I want you to stop huh. thinking that if you don't get to these 50 pounds between us yelling at you, between Foxy helping you, you working out, if you still can't do it, then I don't want to hear any more so, about I should eat my ice cream at noon as opposed so, to six, and that's how I'm going to lose my weight. Like, so you got to give that argument up. So your theory in my weight fluctuation throughout the end of the DA show is that this year needs to be it. Either, either do it or shut up about well, it. No, but like, like the thing is – like. I don't know how to say this like 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 I, any different than I've been saying it like you like we've learned if any just simply using the example oh, no. of I'm going to lose You're holding back on something Taylor's first birthday. Well, I just like I don't know how to say it without being super mean but like like we all of us are out of shape. 
in various forms. None of us should be giving out health information and health guidance and diet tips. Like, but like, but you today talk this grand plan about how sometimes somehow eating a cheesecake factory at four o'clock huh. was healthier for you, as if that was going to accomplish you losing the weight you want to want to lose, and it's ludicrous to me. So yes, if you don't do this, if you don't do this, if you don't lose fifty pounds by December, I want you to stop trying to make up the plan for yourself. And then whether it's okay. Phil Keto or somebody else, I want you to actually adopt something that is based in science and experiments and facts and trial and error, not just huh. you thinking that I should have my cookie earlier than later. Okay, and if I do lose the 50 pounds, I'm a licensed dietitian on the show? Then I will never object to you again. I'll sit this conversation. Even okay. you could say the dumbest thing ever. You could say drinking wow. gasoline is a good idea, and I will sit it out. Actually, you maybe might... not that because that might inform like legal issues for the show. But it's something short of like putting people in physical danger. You can say whatever you want. I won't object anymore. Okay, so we have donut costumes and Foxy might be honest, but we still need to get DA's seal of approval on all of this because it seems like Foxy is just pushing a pushing ahead, no matter who agrees to what. When he shows up to my house with a scale, but all right, all right, we might have something here. Maybe next week on the PGP we'll get DA to comment further. Uh, and let's face it, there's nothing we love on the DA show more than a good bet. Now we have a couple in the canister. We have Super Dave one coming up that he's got to pay off. Eventually when we're allowed to see each other again, I have to get in some New England Revolution costume and get pegged with dodgeballs and have clam chowder dumped on my head. But down the road, we could be looking at donut costumes. So there's plenty on the table. And Bogus, that's going to wrap this PGP. You can follow yourself on Twitter. Uh, at Andrew Bogish. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at MorazCBS. And I just wanted to take the time to end this and say I want to wish the happiest, happiest of birthdays to the backbone of the DA show, Pete the Body Bilotti. We couldn't do this without him every single day, and he deserves a very happy birthday. Wouldn't you agree, folks? Absolutely. I love Pete more than you do. I love Never him. Never called him a lazy you-know-what. No, no, no. He's not lazy. He's a, he's a great man with a great birth date here on January the 19th. And that will wrap you for this week. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.